It is an honor to be here, and everything that has been said today, we could repeat that, but I know there's not enough time for that. So why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, 20 and counting, and you may be seated. 20 and counting. The relationship between the Harpoles and New Life Fellowship is now 20 years old. We all know that God smiled on the Harpoles and New Life Fellowship with this divine connection. The details of the story proves the hand of God was in all of it. 20 years of love and care and concern and equipping, releasing and kingdom building, literally doing whatever it took, whether it was contract painting in the early days like you did or selling real estate like you did. 20 years of Wednesday night lessons with handouts. That is a blessing. I, I tell you, one of the most enjoyable things I get to do now is sit in that seat when he teaches on Wednesday night with a handout. 20 years of messages from Pastor Harpo in the newsletter, preaching, teaching, equipping, releasing, and building people. John Maxwell is a well-known leadership author, and he has pastored three churches. He said this whenever he was pastoring his third and last church, Skyline in California. He said that I have pastored three churches, and they have all more than tripled. And I never tried to build a bigger church. I've always tried to build bigger people. And new life has much more than tripled under the leadership of the Harpoles. And the fact is the Harpoles get it, and they've gotten it for 20 years. It's not about building bigger buildings. It's about building bigger people. And so thank you for your continued investment in the lives of these people and seeing them grow in all aspects of their life. Thank you for not just being interested in what they could do here on these grounds, but for being interested in their spirits, the kingdom, their health, their marriages, their families, their finances, and their life. And so today we have been celebrating a kingdom anniversary. Birthdays are about individuals, but anniversaries are about covenants. Today we celebrate a covenant between the Harpo family and the families of new life for the good of the kingdom of God. Anniversaries take more effort than birthdays. It only requires one person to continue living for a birthday to be a special day. But for an anniversary to be a special day requires two people to not only be alive, but to be together and moving forward. And so this 20th anniversary is special because it literally signifies a continued thriving relationship. I don't get the opportunity to be here very much, but it didn't take me very long to pick up on some things once we moved here a year ago. I've noticed a few things about New Life Fellowship in the past year since moving here. 
I've noticed that you are nice people. And don't underestimate the power of just being nice. You're loving people. I've noticed that the word is proclaimed and exampled. That the spirit of God is free to move. That God is praised and God is worshipped. I've noticed that Deuteronomy 6 is, is proclaimed here, that, that the oneness of God is just that, that God is one. I've noticed that Acts 2.38 matters here. However, last Sunday, it went to a new level whenever someone walked down to receive a baptismal, a water baptism certificate and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, getting their certificate. I'd never seen that in my life. I've noticed that 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is, is practiced here because the word speaks that we are spirit, soul, and body. And I am so glad to be in a church that has that right and realizes that the prioritization of how that was mentioned in Scripture has a great message because until someone is filled with the Spirit, and until someone is buying in with their soul and their emotion, why would we focus on the body? Matthew 25 is prioritized here, and that food pantry is something else. It's absolutely amazing. Buses run. Children are valued here. Youth are valued. Young adults are valued. Adults are valued. Senior adults are valued. All races are valued. All cultures are valued. There is literally an intentional focus on the fivefold ministry. And ministries are intentionally brought in to fulfill a role in the fivefold ministry. The gifts of the Spirit are in operation, and the fruit of the Spirit is intentionally encouraged. There's a global reach from this church. There's literally a focus to go into all the world. I've also noticed that you people have a mind to work. I've noticed the volunteer servant leadership of this church is, is astounding. You don't have thriving youth ministries like this with a career man leading it. You do not have praise and worship and music like this with a career man leading it. I could go on down the, the line, our, our children's ministry here, all ministries here. It's just amazing that volunteers are so focused and are so passionate about the kingdom of God here. There's a lot more that I could say, but I think that proves the point of my introduction. But as we move forward, I believe that the number 20 has significance for New Life Fellowship and this covenant connection between the Harpo family and all of our families. Sometimes I teach, sometimes I preach, sometimes I treach. I don't know what label is going to be on this tonight. All I know is this, is that when pastor asked me to do this, and I'm a Brother Jerry Jones fill-in tonight because he had a schedule situation happen. But when he asked me to speak, it wasn't five minutes and God started talking to me about what I was supposed to say. 
I would like for us to consider numbers one and three. From 20 years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel, thou and Aaron shall number them by their armies. In that day, at the age of 20, they entered into a new dimension of promised land conquest. At the age of 20, individually, it became real for especially the young men because their responsibility for kingdom advancement drastically increased. Much changed when they turned 20. Life was not the same once they turned 20. I believe this relationship between the Harpoles and this church is ready to move into position to take new territories and move into new spiritual dimensions. But hear me when I say, and God gave this to me to tell you, but it demands war. In the last few days, God dropped a few enemies in my spirit that I feel I need to share with you at this milestone of 20 and counting. We must war against an inward focus. We lose if our greatest focus is on the saved. I know that it's much more comfortable to focus inward and you can believe you're looking at a man that has squandered many years of ministry that could have been more focused if I would have been reaching more for the lost than trying to shine the armor a little bit more on the saved who were not battling. An outward focus over an inward focus is a huge barrier for a church to get past. Many never make the jump. Many churches never make that jump, and they remain stuck with their nose to a mirror that's a barrier. They never allow it to become a window and then pursue the expanded vision that, that God is showing them. An outward focus is uncomfortable, and it demands a lot more from us. It's much easier to focus on the inward than the outward. Because when we focus on the outward, it changes our seating arrangements and it changes our fellowship groups. It's just uncomfortable and it forces us to increase our vision, to look at the soul and not the flesh, to look at the inside and not the outside. When we have, when we fight this war, what happens is we start looking at the book and not just the cover. We know that the outside matters. There's no doubt about that. But I just spoke about 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And that's literally how if we fight this war, to, to fight the war to not just be focused inward, but to focus outward, then we start looking at everybody in a 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We're after their spirit. We're after their soul. We're ignoring their body because we know that their body's going to perish. But that spirit, that soul is what matters. And we cannot judge people by the outside cover. We've got to fight this war. 
it's, it's time to fight new life. It's time to fight. It's time to start looking inside of people. It, they may have nice clothes. They may not have nice clothes. They, they may have good jobs. They may not have good jobs. They, their family may be decent. Their family may be in trouble, but it's not about the outside. It's about the inside of them. And therefore, it cannot always be a focus about the inside of the church. It's got to be on the outside. We've got to have people that mature to the point that we refuse to lessen our commitment as we give people time to increase theirs. And it's war. It's war to get involved with somebody and, and they, they don't have the commitment maybe that we have in our life, but it's not about us. It's about them and it's about their next step. It's about helping people to embrace reality and put their faith in God and take the next best step and remember that, that we never took quantum leap spiritually. And there's a lot of people that need somebody to have the same patience with them that people had with us. God could have done anything. He Even whenever he was ministering on this earth, what did he do? He did many miracles. But one miracle he never did is he never laid his hand on a baby and it became an adult because there's process and new life. We've got, we've got to fight the war to expect too much out of people too quickly and give people room to breathe and grow. And let God do a work and not be just focused. I'm talking about the next 20 years now because this relationship has gotten to a connection point and now it's time to war in def- different manners. I believe we also must war against a castle mentality. It's about the kingdom of God, not a personal castle. The kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And the kingdom preceded the church, and the kingdom will outlive the church. And the church had a birthday, and the church will be caught away. And the church, yes, is the present vehicle for the kingdom, but the king and the kingdom must be our ultimate focus. And it's not about building our personal castle, or it's not even just about building a new life castle it's about doing the war that it takes to remember that this is about a king and his kingdom. And it's even more important to focus on getting people connected to that king than this church. I know that is a, that's, that's not the easiest thing to do. And I've been working on this the last couple of years when that revelation came to me and it came to me and said, Terry, you, you have, uh, you're, you're more interested in connecting people with the church the way you see it than you are me. And this is a war in our mind. I believe that another war that we must war against is the war against praise. I'm not talking about praise to God, but I'm talking about praise from men. Proverbs 27 and 2 says, Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. A stranger, and not thine own lips. Proverbs 27 and 21 says, As the fining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. Let's not praise ourselves. Let's, let's not get drunk on our press release. 
I can tell you, church, this is a good church. I can tell you there's some good leaders in this church. There's some good people in this church. There's some great things happening. But we cannot judge ourselves by other united Pentecostal churches. That, that is not the direction that we are looking. We will not look at that. It's not about realizing that you have a better youth group than another youth group. That's, that's not the challenge. The challenge is, are we doing everything in our youth ministry that God is calling us to do? It's not about judging ourselves among ourselves or another church. It's about God. What are you saying for new life to be? What, what kind of a city set on a hill do you want new life to be? Then I'm going to put myself into that so it can be everything, God, that you want it to be. We must war against excess ease and ease which leads to compromise. Luke 12, 19 and 20. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool. Soul, soul, take thine ease. Excess and ease preceded being labeled a fool. So in order in this day and time for that not to happen, there must be a watchman on the wall who lifts up their voice against both. A shepherd watchman who embraces Paul's directive to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So, Pastor, we say to you that if it's in the Word, preach it, just like you've been preaching it. If it's time to reprove, then reprove, just like the Lord gives it to you to reprove. If it's time to rebuke, then, then rebuke. Exhort us and do it without fear or favor. Let the word dictate what you say in this day when materialism and recreation have become gods that are literally devouring kingdom resources at an alarming rate. Wake us up lest we sleep the sleep of death. We've got to have men in pulpits that are real men. We, we've, we've got to have leaders in this day. We'll, a church will never be able to continue to be an apostolic, a strong apostolic church, a, a church where people with broken lives and, and broken families can come in to be restored and, and uh, experience regeneration and restoration if we have someone weak in the pulpit. And thank God, this church does not have a weak man in the pulpit, but we've got to do what we've got to do to make sure that he stays strong in the pulpit. It's okay that blood is thicker than water, and, and it's okay if some friendships are thicker than water. And as long as they never become thicker than right, or thicker than kingdom, then we're okay. 
because compromise is the spirit that slowly erodes many powerful churches and many times travels through those close relationships to leadership. And so I stand here challenging you, the closer you are to them, the more responsible you are since they are human. I say pray for your pastor and sister Tammy that they will never become weary of standing for what is right. I say that we've got to be a church that prays, God, give them a word and give them strength to look us in the eye and tell us what's right, whether we like it or whether we don't like it. I sat there, I sat there last Wednesday night and your lesson, if you didn't hear his lesson Wednesday night, you, you need to get it. And he stood up here and it, and it looked, it looked so easy for him to go against all these cultural things that he was going against. But that is not easy. It's not easy to consistently walk in a pulpit and go against the grain and swim upstream. And we are literally a counter culture church. And it can be very hard for a leader to lead in these days when excess and, and ease precedes becoming fools and compromising. I have seen many churches be to a point like this and then lose their way. I have seen many churches experience what this church is experiencing. And just because we're experiencing it today does not guarantee next month. It does not guarantee next year. It does not guarantee the next decade. But it takes people that will stand in the pulpit and be strong. And it takes people sitting in the seats that say, stay strong, pastor. You've got to stay strong because we're standing for what is right. We have to war against ease and we have to war against excess because it leads to compromise and compromise kills good churches. We must war against division. It's the spirit of the world that we live in. We live in a very divisive world and the spirit of divisiveness is pervading our culture and it can easily attach itself to one of us and ride us into the church. Matthew 12, 25, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. It's the inside job that stalls and crashes churches. The forces without have no power against a unified church. But disunity is quite a different matter and, and it must be seen for the cancer that it is. Powerful New Testament church members must detect and deal with division biblically and quickly. Biblically and quickly. It doesn't matter if they're your good friend or not. It doesn't matter if they're your family or not. I'm not talking about airing, the, airing them out publicly. I'm not talking about um, uh, creating a scene. I'm talking about lovingly looking at them with a good spirit and say, I am sensing that something is wrong. 
and you need to go to that person and you need to get that right or I will meet you at the prayer room because we cannot allow the enemy to get a foothold in this church. Well, I'm, I'm just going to wait until pastor deals with it. Why, why do we have to just pile just sacks of concrete and pile it on them and pile it on him whenever we are heads of households and we know when somebody in our household is out of line and we know when we're out of line and the answer to somebody out of line is humbling themselves and surrendering to God and looking at somebody and saying, I am your brother and you are my sister. I love you. And I do not want Satan to get a foothold in your life, in this family, in our friendship. If we're going to be a strong church, I'm not talking about getting out of line. I'm talking about being biblical in line and us doing our responsibility to make sure that this church stays strong strong. I move quickly because I know the time is gone. We must war against destination theology. The destination is not for the the sake of the sanctuary. For the sake of the sanctuary will be another needed accomplishment along the way. But this is about for the sake of the lost. And the destination is not a full new building or multiple services in that building. The destination is sustained regional authority and dominion as we travel on to heaven. It's not about just building another building, and we will. If God tarries, we will. It's not about just filling up another building. There are people that cannot wait for a seat. We can't wait however long it's going to take. It's not about that. There's got to be decisions that he will have to make and God will have to to lead him if if we arise to what to what God has led us to. And if we step up and take the step into what God is leading us in now, not a next building or not next month, but, but right now, it's not just about filling, building buildings and filling up buildings. It's about regional dominion. It's about us moving into a position to where literally the spirit forces in this region that they are Bound and they cannot operate as openly as they're operating now because of this church. And we don't have time to build another building before we step into being serious about regional authority and dominion over spirits that are literally causing havoc in people's lives. And finally... We must war against a homesteading mentality. First Peter 2 and 11, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. New life, let's not get comfortable down here. 
We're not supposed to be comfortable down here. Let's not be defined by this world. Am I a stranger and a pilgrim? Or have I become a citizen? The entertainment kingdom of this world must not dictate what entertains us. The fashion kingdom of this world must not dictate what we look like. The education kingdom of this world must not dictate how we think or what we accept as the final authority in our lives. And the media kingdom of this world must not dictate what we accept as normal. We are not a subculture. We are a counterculture. And we stand in direct opposition to the thinking of this world. We must pursue the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. We must tune our spirits to a higher frequency. We must set our affection on things above. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And our lives must prove it. So new life, here we are. Here we are. 20. The relationship is now 20. And so it's time for a new level of battle. It's time for a new level of war. It's time for us individually to become what we need to be individually to where he's able to lead on the level that God intends for him to lead. I believe that there has been given the word from God about this church going and and pursuing greater dimensions and taking greater territory. But let us remember that God told the children of Israel that there is a promised land and many of them did not go in, but every one of them could have. New life, let's step into it. Let's step into it. Let's step into what God has, has done. From, from the time that Sister Tammy was born, from the time the pastor was born, all of the pieces coming together, all of, this is just 20 years of this connection, but this connection went way beyond 20 years. And look what God has done. But let us now look ahead and focus on what God wants to do. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done.